Hey, welcome to the City Rev Life podcast. I am Pastor Craig. I'm here with Pastor Josh. Uh, we are starting this podcast today dealing with failure. Yeah. Something that you've yep. dealt with in your life. Have you ever no, failed no, in your life? No, not really. Um, I've no. just had a, a full life that's been full of successes. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to talk about it, but I've never really experienced it myself. Just stories you've heard um, from other yeah, people. Yeah, friend of a friend. Friend of you a know, friend. I've got some stories I'll share. Yeah. No, of course, being in ministry, you know very well, Craig, uh, we fail all the time. Yeah. Um, and the unfortunate part about failing in ministry is it's usually a little bit more public <laughs> and people witness these failures. Um, so I have had a life riddled with failures. Yeah. Um, there's the, uh, I'm sure you've experienced this where someone comes to you very emotional, wants you to pray for them. You do so, but in the midst of the prayer, you use the wrong name, mm. um, pray for whoever. I don't know who you're going to end up praying for. That's really awkward. Yeah, that's um, pretty bad. Yeah. There's the sermons, of course, that fall flat. Uh, you preach your heart out in a sermon and you walk off the stage and people are asking questions that like literally the sermon was about. Yeah. So they have more questions than, than answers once yeah. you walk off the stage. Or they tell you, hey, that was pretty good for you. <laughs> that's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good response. You did a pretty job for you. That um, was pretty good. I hope you felt good about that sermon, <laughs> you know, because I have no idea what you said up there. Uh, Very sure. confusing. Um, sure. And then unfortunately, I have some baptism stories, uh, mm. a few. I can only share one real fast. Um, we were, it was a, it was a winter day because it was, I remember it being cold. Um, we had some, some pretty rough waves and we went out to the beach to baptize people. And this is okay. back when I was at Calvary Chapel, great church. Um, they would do beach baptisms, which was just really neat, really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, but there was probably somewhere between hundred and 200 people getting baptized. So there was a lot happening that day. Um, I was with a friend baptizing people and we had a lady come to us. We talk to her, we hear her story. We make sure she understands what baptism is and you know, the whole thing. And, um, I, in college, it wasn't as built as I am today, of course, you know, right. um, <laughs> I, felt, I was a little bit more of a, a scrawny kid in college. You know, I was like a freshman, I think. So, sure. um, and she was, a, a she was taller than me. So uh -huh. it, was, it was a, as a woman and she was a little heavier set. And so I'm like right off the bat, a little, a little nervous. Yeah. Um, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, I got to lower this lady into the water and I'm looking at the water and it's, it's, there are lots of waves. It's rough. I'm like, Oh gosh, this is, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. We walk into the water. Um, we, you know, Hey, uh, do you, have you made Jesus your Lord and savior and all that, that whole thing? And she's like, yes, super emotional. So excited. We lower her down into the water together and I'm like going wide stance, you know, so that way I could get some, some grip and got my hand on her back and and my other hand on her arm. We lower her into the water. Once she goes into the water, I lose her. Oh, no. <laughs> she's gone. I don't even know where she is anymore. A wave oh. had come at the exact moment we lowered her in the water and took her away. Oh, no. so, I mean, I feel like it was my fault. I blame myself. Um, but it was a rough day in fairness. Yeah. Baptizing people. Yeah. Um, and she was a great sport about it when she came up about five feet away in front of us. She was yeah. laughing hysterically because it was just a really bad time when the wave came and knocked her right over. But we got it done. All right. right. We did it a second time. Everything was right. great. And it ended up being a very memorable story for yeah, her. I'm you sure. just don't know what's going to happen in the ocean. No. It, I mean, we might want to stick with baptismals <laughs> for 
from now on. What about you, Craig? You got a, you got a ministry oh, failure Oh, man. Story? I've got a lot of ministry failures. Those kind of things, saying the wrong name to people in mm-hmm. prayer. Yeah. Obviously, you know, sermons that don't go well, baptisms. I mm-hmm. think for me, probably my most embarrassing failure, um, really probably most just embarrassment of uh, uh, in ministry, mm-hmm. I think would be one time when I was, it was my first day uh, working with the youth ministry at a previous Uh-oh. church. Uh, yeah. my first week, it was like my first Sunday night and we wanted to play a big dodgeball game after, <laughs> oh, no. after our, uh, Bible <laughs> study. Going. Yep. And, yep. uh, I wasn't equipped for a dodgeball game at that moment. The things I was wearing <laughs> was Bible study clothes, not dodgeball clothes. And uh, as we took <laughs> off to run to go get the dodgeballs in the middle, <laughs> right I just remember beginning. hearing a rip down the back oh, of Lord. my pants and just oh, thinking, no. this is a terrible, terrible time, <laughs> terrible situation. So I uh, I just left. I just walked out. I just left. You didn't finish the match? Didn't finish the match. Didn't finish Did the day. Like, didn't lock up the church. I don't know. We were lucky we didn't get robbed. <laughs> Did you backpedal? Like after I just backpedaled out and walked out to my car <laughs> and left. The new guy um, just disappears. That's huh? it. That's how I dealt, that's how I dealt oh with my, my failure. <laughs> Uh, and my shame, but, but let's talk about failure from a sense of, man, what is, what does the Bible tell us? What does God teach us about failure? We know that failure is something that we all deal with from time to time, uh, sometimes in small ways, but sometimes in big ways too. Mm -hmm. Uh, and honestly, failure can be devastating at times. Uh, so what did you, what did you kind of learn and what do you think, what are your thoughts when it comes to why and how we deal with failure, especially as Christians. Yeah, there's a lot on this topic in the scriptures, even um, down to when Jesus was here on earth with us and his apostles. You see his apostles constantly failing and how Jesus lovingly walked them through that failure. There's a lot there in the Bible, but I just kind of summed it up on three different points that we see throughout scripture. The first one is that God allows failure. Secondly, that God brings failure. And thirdly, that God redeems failure. Okay. The first one, God allows failure. You know, this this is um, kind of self-explanatory, kind of obvious. We, we kind of know that, but sometimes it t- it's a little harder to come to terms with it mm-hmm. because we don't like failing. We don't want to walk through failure. It's not fun. It's not pleasant, but God allows it. Um, down to down to like the little things like our skill sets or our talents, we're, we're called to work on them and work hard at them and to exercise them. And, and that Gladwell puts it like, Hey, it takes around 10,000 hours just to master a skill. God created us that way. So the intent is that we would fail a lot along the way that we'd have to work through a lot of these things. And we live in what I often call a microwave culture. I think um, that's become a a term that's used often um, in our culture today. Microwave in the sense that we want what we want and we want it now. Yeah. Right. We don't want to wait. We don't want to work for it. And we refuse to believe that things like financial success and job satisfaction and healthy relationships, we can't just have them. We got to work hard at them and we're going to fail at them constantly. And we'll, God will often use those failures um, as opportunities for us to learn and grow. Sure. And that we oftentimes learn more through failure than we do through success. And we see that all throughout scripture. We see it play out. Um, we are imperfect beings and we see that in stories in the Old Testament like Samson and Moses and even David. Like King David, known to be the man after God's own heart. Yeah constant failures over and over and over again. He's constantly making mistakes and they're not small either. They're big mistakes, but God calls him a man after his own heart primarily because of the repentant heart that he had. 
when he made those failures, he walked to God with them in repentance and came clean to them and, and, and worked through them and asked for forgiveness and asked God to use those failures in his life. And so what we oftentimes develop in those failures is more fear of more failure, and it can be crippling. But God wants us to acknowledge our failures and and walk through them and be okay with the fact that God has allowed that to take place in our life. Um, we're also called to count it all joy when we're walking through failures or sufferings because God intends on using it all. Romans 5, 3 through 5 says, More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So are you saying that failure obviously is a part of life? We know that. Yeah. But that failure is something that God uses intentionally, on purpose, yeah. in our lives. It sounds like you're saying to, to develop us, to help us Absolutely. grow. And I do think about how challenging it would be to um, grow in holiness or grow in character mm-hmm. if everything we did just worked right away, right? Like yeah. there, there is that sense of of the the drive to overcome failure or to uh, endure things. It does, right? It produces character in us, so God can use it yep. that way. Yeah, I like that. And, and in Hebrews it says God chastens those who he loves yeah. or works on and develops those that he loves, and a lot of that is done through mistakes and failure. And so secondly, it's God brings failure. This is a little bit more um, difficult to come to terms with, the idea that God wouldn't just allow it to happen in our lives, but that he would intentionally bring it Mm, at times. We're reminded time and time again in, in the New Testament that God humbles the proud but gives grace to the humble. And sometimes he loves us enough to humble us. Yeah. And in Proverbs 18, 18, pride leads to destruction and arrogance to downfall. God doesn't want us to walk through that. And he'll, he'll humble us in, in times where we desperately are in need of it. Yeah. Um, you also, I also think of the story of Paul and in first Corinthians 12, he talks about the thorn in his flesh that he calls his, his weakness and, and got that God allows that to exist in his life to constantly be a reminder of the fact that he isn't perfect and he needs, he desperately needs God to use and work in him. And then he takes it a step further and says, God is most glorified in my weaknesses because he gets the most glory for it. When God uses our weaknesses in our life, it's, we can't, we can't take the glory. We can't take credit for it because we know, oh, that, that wasn't us. That's not even where we're gifted and that's not even what we're talented in, but God did something miraculous through it. And it's incredible. So God uses our weaknesses and and then sometimes in the idea, through the idea of he brings failure, I think of uh, the story of Joseph. Yeah. There, he's one of the few um, people uh, in the Bible, and I think the, one of the only ones in the Old Testament where nothing is negatively spoken of about him. Like, you would, you would wonder if he was a perfect man at times. Sure. Because they didn't really specifically say that he did something wrong. You, you can take some context clues when he was a child and, and maybe think, okay, there's there's some things there. But I mean, he was pretty proud about that coat. The you coat, know what I mean? The, like, yeah. he, it sounds like he really showed it off to his we, brothers. Through context clues, we, we think that he might have been a little proud right. or, you know. But he's a pretty good guy. Right. But where, when he ended up in slavery or he rose up, the ranks became second in the house of Potiphar. And then through no fault, of, no fault of his own, he ends up in the King's prison. Like he had kept having things happen to him where sure. the world would have looked on him and said, he's a failure. 
he's failing. But these are things that God brought in his life to once again, like you said, develop character in his life for what was to come. And God had huge plans for Joseph. And so he allowed him to walk through those things. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something that we just see in our lives and something that in a weird way, if we take a step back and look um, at the story of our lives, we can see that as a grace from God. Yeah. Uh, the times that yeah. we have failed, how many times God saves us or spares us from something that we wanted to succeed in mm-hmm. that I look back in my life and think, man, if I would have gone down that path, it would have been really bad for me in yeah. the end. And sometimes it's God's protection even in us to to bring failure and, and keep us on his path. So I, I like you bringing that to mind. When I was younger, it was the girl I wanted to date. So glad that didn't work out. Um, as I got older, it was the career path that I thought was the best for me. Yeah. So glad that didn't work out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're so glad that God loves us enough to say yeah. no to things. Um, Absolutely. I think of Romans eight twenty eight. Yeah. If you've been around the church for any amount of time, you've probably heard this verse. Uh, if you've been on Pinterest before, you've probably seen this verse because it's everywhere. Uh, All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his, to his purpose. That's true. We believe it. That's a promise. But then what's often not talked about is the verse right after in verse 29, the reason why he works all things together for good. It's to, to conform us into the image of his son. It's to work character into us to make us look more and act more and be more like Jesus. Yeah. And I, I think it's, I think those are, are true things, um, that you're saying, but it can be really difficult in the moment. It's a lot easier with, with a lot of time, right. To look back on our lives and think, okay, God, I see where you were working. I see Mm -hmm. how your, uh, uh, movement in my life and my failure in these areas was ultimately for my good. But in the moment it stings, it hurts. And so for someone maybe listening to this podcast right now, who they just, they just blew it in mm-hmm. maybe a big way, maybe in a devastating way, a way that really feels kind of hopeless and kind of feels like, you know, they, they don't know their path forward. What would you say to a person in that part of life? Right yeah, now? that's good. Um, you know, serious failure takes place and sometimes we're stuck dealing with the consequences of it or other people are as well. Uh, I'd say the last point, God redeems failure. Mm-hmm. He redeems it. He, he intends on using the biggest failures in our lives for his ultimate glory. Um, you know, we, we see this in the gospel narrative. That is the gospel narrative that the, the death on the cross by all standards would have been the greatest failure in all of human history. Mm. But then three days later he resurrects and ends up being the greatest victory. And it's the most beautiful redemption story. But then God turns around and says that he pro- he's promising that he's going to do that in our lives, that uh, he, if, if our story, sounds horrible and we're in the midst of a very difficult time, then he promises he's not finished with you yet, that he is working all things out, that he's actively working to redeem these things in our lives. And sometimes what we have to do is is work through um, what we might be dealing with because of that failure, whether it be uh, guilt or shame, things that God says are not found in him, no matter the how large the failure was. You know, guilt is that self-judgment rising up from a, a troubled conscience. And and shame is that that allowing the, the mistake that was made to become part of our identity. But these are things that God redeems and says, hey, no, find your identity in me first yeah. and foremost. Yeah. And deal with your guilt through repentance to Jesus, who he promises to forgive. 
He promises us to, that when we bring things to him, he's going to forgive us and he's going to work all things out for good. So the gospel is for failures, for failures like us. We are all failures. Yeah. We all fall short of the glory of God and it exists for all failures, right? We, we have all, we've all failed and we've constantly made mistakes and we've constantly failed. And that's the beauty of the gospel. It meets yeah. us where we're at. The gospel kind of confronts our ideas of perfectionism or being good enough, right? The, yeah the entrance into God's kingdom is mm. a state of humility and recognizing our moral failure before God. Yeah. Right. And so that can, I guess, take some of the sting out and uh, bring some more maybe perspective to us of our other failures yeah. to think, okay, if God can redeem this, right. If God can take these broken vessels, right. Mm-hmm. And God can make something whole again and, and bring us into his kingdom then, you know, God can redeem, uh, you know, the other failures in my life. Yeah, absolutely. And and it is a difficult season to walk through oftentimes. And you see that in scripture, it's okay to mourn. It's okay to, to acknowledge the fact that it's a difficult season. And that's why God promises us that he sends a comforter, right? The Holy Spirit's a comforter for us that, um, his, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. Just fix your eyes on Jesus is what he constantly calls us to do, especially when we're going through those really difficult times. So when you've, when you've gone through some of those tough times in your life, Mm -hmm. um, what are some things that really helped you get through it and move, move through it? Do you have any advice for if someone's in that spot right now? Yeah, just a few thoughts. Um, I think there's, we could do a whole podcast on this, but how to succeed in failure, you know, yeah. but just a few thoughts that um, were huge for me when I felt down or felt like I had made mistakes or preached that bad sermon, <laughs> you know, sure. um, lost the lady at sea. Yeah. <laughs> lost a, a woman you're baptizing, baptizing, um, fall, uh, fail around people who will pick you up. Okay. Fail around people who pick you up. This, this idea kind of goes before the failure and after and during the idea that uh, we want to make sure we're surrounding ourselves with people that uh, love the Lord and you know will love you even in the hardest times. And that's just speaking to the importance of the church and church community and the body of Christ. Um, you you got to remember that failing isn't final and you want to surround your pe- yourself with people that will remind you of that and remind you of scripture as you're walking through yeah. that. Um, secondly, fail knowing it doesn't define you. Don't let it be a source of, of shame. Let it uh, be reminded that God, um, he's the one that, that gives you your identity and that uh, he has blessed you um, not just with weaknesses, but with strengths and talents and given you supernatural spiritual giftings. He wants to use you in a mighty and a powerful way through all of who he's made you to be to remind yourself that God has given you your identity. Don't try to take your identity from him and give and place it on yourself. And lastly, fail knowing God intends on using you. Mm. Once again, he intends on using you, your failures, your weaknesses. Move forward in that in light of that truth. Push forward in light of that and, and fix your eyes on Jesus, even when you lack faith and even when you're in the midst of a, a season of failure. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate those words and those thoughts, Pastor Josh. I think for if you're out there, uh, and you're really in a, a moment of failure and you feel like, you know, where do I go from here? Uh, just to hold on to those, those promises that God's not done with you yet. He has a future for you. There is a way forward as difficult as life may seem right now. Yeah. Um, God is still in control and he's still working in your life and will work all things together 
uh, for good. So uh, we hope you appreciated and uh, enjoyed and got something out of this podcast. If there's something you liked, uh, we encourage you to share it with someone maybe who's going through a hard time right now. Maybe this could be a help uh, for them. But thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time on the City Rev Life podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the City Rev Life podcast. Feel free to subscribe and leave a rate and review. And we love it when you share it with your friends on social media. So don't forget to tag us at cityrev.church. If you're interested in more resources, download our City Rev Church app and follow us on social media. Thank you so much and have a great day.